During this great season of Lent, we follow the model of our Lord who went into the desert for 40 days, 40 nights, fasting and praying. And uh, even though our Lent is a little bit longer than 40 days, that's okay. Uh, uh, There's a reason why it's actually 46 days, but uh, that we don't need to get into. But we model and we follow our Lord into that desert. And we know that perhaps the same thing he experienced in the desert is what we experience. And in fact, uh, we are called to confront temptation face to face. A number of years ago, there was a particular book that was out, or an article anyway, uh, I don't remember which uh, one it was, uh, I didn't keep note, but it said that Jesus ultimately really couldn't be tempted because he was impeccable. And he was not able to sin and therefore uh, could not suffer temptation. Well, that goes directly against this gospel passage or uh, the, the other passages that we would hear on the first Sunday of, of Lent from the gospel of St. Matthew, according to St. Matthew, and the gospel according to St. Luke. There we actually hear the content of the temptations, but the temptation is coming from the same place in all three of these gospels. The temptation is coming from Satan, from the evil one. Satan, the accuser, the one who tries to uh, confront and get people off God's plan to do their own will and not the will of God or Heavenly Father. In fact, uh, uh, there's a couple books that I've been reading on the occult and various other things uh, um, that seems the New Age uh, seems to be taken hold. And the undergirding of all of it is do what you want, be your own God. Isn't that the claim of Satan time and again and again and again? The first temptation in the Garden of Eden. Did God really say that? Or the reason he said that, he doesn't want you to become like him. Do it and you'll become like God's. There's a difference between the temptation we experience in, in ourselves and the temptation that we experience from somebody else. And I think uh, that distinction makes all the difference in the world. Jesus experienced an external temptation as Satan comes and confronts him. And uh, we don't hear the content of the temptations in St. Mark's uh, account, but we do in Matthew and Luke. We hear that Jesus was hungry and Satan coming to him. If you are the Son of God, turn this stone into bread. If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from the parapet of the temple and the angels will catch you. If you would just bow to me, I will give you all the kingdoms of the earth. They, they afflict Jesus in the very core of our own brokenness, our own concupiscence. And Jesus, not suffering concupiscence, not able to sin by, by grace, by, or by nature rather, uh, married by grace, uh, but we suffer from that, from uh, Again, the result of original sin, and even in the garden, as already mentioned, as Eve is taking the fruit from the forbidden tree, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, she looks at the fruit and sees that it's lovely to the eye, it's good for food, and good for attaining wisdom. The threefold concupiscences that later St. John will, will name, of lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and pride of life, are all there. Certainly, uh, the, the kingdoms of the world, the, the lust of the eyes, it's lovely to behold. Or the lust of the, of the flesh, take, eat, turn this rock into, into bread. 
or throw yourself down and make a name for yourself, make a spectacle for yourself. That brokenness that uh, Jesus did not have, we do have. So not only do we suffer the temptation from Satan, we don't hear this, but I, I have to assume that Maybe it wasn't the case, but how many of us have friends, or so-called friends, that tempt us? How many of us have, have uh, people around us that tell us, oh, go ahead? Or, uh, I, you know, I have to admit, when I'm out driving and I'm, I'm past, uh, like I'm standing still, I'm, I'm tempted to do something, uh, you know, give them a one-finger salute, not really. But, uh, but you know, we, we're tempted by other people so often. And, and, and the more we think about that temptation, the more it is about our own brokenness. And the brokenness that is in us, this concupiscence, this disordered desires, are so much a part of our lives that so often we just forget about them. And yet our Lord instructs us, invites us, to work directly against those temptations. He gives us a grace in, this, in the sacrament of baptism that, as we hear in today's second reading from our first pope, of course, St. Peter telling us, baptism is not the washing away of dirt, but rather the washing, the spiritual washing. It gives us the grace that we need to, dwell, to del, deal with the temptations that we experience in our life. Those experiences in our own brokenness. And again, I, 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 our, our Lord and, and St. John are brilliant in telling us what, what those threefold things are. There's, I, I, I played the, the game where I can't name one temptation that falls outside of that lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and pride of life. And we have to be aware of those temptations. But let it be noted to be tempted in and of itself is not a sin. Oh, to sit and think about, oh, yeah, I really could do that. Where uh, there's that uh, terrible bad joke, well, did, did you entertain those thoughts? Oh, no, Father, they entertain me. That's where temptation becomes a sin. Or when, certainly when we act on those temptations as disordered attractions, disordered uh, desires, disordered all things. And they're, we're all broken. And we all have our pet sins, our pet uh, uh, disorders that we fall into. We all have some sickness. To deny it is to betray really the Lord. To deny it is to make ourselves weak before the Lord. And today with this first reading, of course, there's the connection between uh, baptism and and Noah's Ark and and the promise that God gives. And let's be clear, the promise isn't that God would never destroy the earth again. The promise is that he would never destroy it through water again. There's a huge distinction there. Not that we have to worry about uh, necessarily or whatever, but we know that the time will come when all that is will cease to be and will be transformed into God's kingdom, or cast into the fiery pit. But we, we have to be aware that God washed away sin through the flood and washed away sin through baptism, or that was his desire anyway. I find it horrifying 
Therefore, that the sign that God gives that he would not destroy the earth through water again has been taken up and uh, transformed, perhaps, into something it is not. It becomes an, uh, uh, an occasion of pride. I have to admit, this, this week, on, on, uh, it was shortly after Wednesday when the first I, I read of it, uh, there was a particular group, a particular alliance, we'll just leave it at that, that instead of ashes, they put glitter on people's heads in the form of the cross, which is directly against the spirit of Lent, isn't it? It's a moment of pride, not of humiliation, humbling, not humiliation as in, in, in the sinfulness, but to humble ourselves and make ourselves less, to recognize that we are broken and, and sinners in need of God's mercy, to, to put glitter on our heads or to, to celebrate our disorders. That's a problem. And when I look at certain people, those on, uh, as the church would ref- uh, prefer to refer to them, with those with same-sex attraction, I just see brokenness. I, I, that's what it is. That, that those attractions, disordered as they are, are just different types of brokenness. And let's be honest. As I already said, most of us have some disorders, disordered desires in our life. Some of us are gluttons. Some of us are prone to sloth. Some of us have huge issues with wrath. Some of us with, with uh, envy and jealousy. We're all broken in some way, shape, or form. But to fall headlong in, well, this is the way I was made. I was made disordered, so therefore it's okay. No. The Lord desires more. He wants more. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. When it comes to the issues of pride, if the Lord doesn't do something about it, he owes Sodom and Gomorrah a huge apology. Because it rejoices in sin. It rejoices in temptation. Again, temptation in and of itself is not a sin. But to give in to it, to let it entertain us, to think about all the ways that we could act on those temptations, that's a problem. Our Lord goes into the desert for 40 days and 40 nights to face temptation face to face. After 40 days and 40 nights, strengthened by his resolve. In the other Gospels, we hear how he confronts Satan. He confronts Satan with the the word of God, the scriptures. For us, we need to do it in the same way. And we confront it with the truth, that we were created in God's image and likeness. And yes, because of original sin, we have brokenness in us, but that brokenness is not meant to be forever, and God can heal it. And last week on, at, during the Super Bowl, there was an ad that was uh, run that Jesus gets us and, and uh, some political commentators that I listened to tore it apart, and uh, rightfully so, because it seems to confirm people in their sins. Our Lord never confirmed people in their sins. Yes, he ate with tax collectors and sinners. Yes, he spoke to the prostitutes. He healed uh, anyone who came to him. But it was always with a call of conversion. And that ad, he washed, uh, it demonstrated people washing the feet of those that were in maybe irregular situations of life. Let's just leave it at that. Our Lord only washed feet once. 
but he called to conversion over and over and over and over. Even in today's gospel passage, after he's strengthened from his 40 days, he begins his ministry. The time, this is a time of fulfillment. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Is that repentance we were called to on Wednesday as we took ashes upon ourselves, many of us? It's a repentance that is ours. And as I keep saying, it's not always going from bad to good, but from good to better. Because we continue to struggle against temptation in all its forms. We continue to struggle with sin in all its forms. And our Lord has given us the grace, the grace of baptism, which washes away original sin, gives us that grace to struggle against temptation, concupiscence in all its forms, to struggle even against death and disease and a darkened intellect, as we've talked about before. As we come this day, we ask our Lord to help us deal with temptation with the truth, that we are created in the image and likeness of God, and while we are broken, he wants to restore us to fullness.